Previously on In the Moment. Fam, she's beating this dude's ass. Why is that all of a sudden acceptable? That's not acceptable no matter what you do to somebody. You can't beat people up and wreck their car because they cheated. And if we are going to accept that, well, you got to accept it both ways. And of course, it shouldn't be accepted either way. But I was so thrown by how many people thought it was cool to just be like, I see nothing wrong with this. He shouldn't have played with her. What? Who's next? Sick old what? The sick old award goes to my dude, Dub. Hey, Dub going to be mad at me, but damn it, I don't care because I was mad at him first. Fam, I had a hotel room once. Nice little spot, chilling. My man Dub was in town. He was like, yo, let me come through, kick it with you for the night, man. You in town. I said, ain't no problem. I'll come through, big dog. Man said, yo, since I got to drive all the way over there, you on that side of town, you mind if I just stay tonight? I said, it ain't nothing, my dude. Got a couch for you. It's lit. We in a whole resort. So the end of the night came. We drunk as hell. I get to bed. I'm going to sleep. He gets on the couch. He's going to sleep. Though this man was damn near in a whole different room, I just kept hearing it all night. I thought to myself, is this man not going to get up and check his drawers? You sick son of a bitch. Then I thought to myself, is this man not going to apologize to me? I typically don't sleep in the same place. Room, apartment, resort, anything with another man and boy, ladies. I don't know how you do it. And just when I thought that the worst I had to deal with was this man waking me up by farting all night long. Lionel Richie farts. He went to the bathroom. That was no surprise because that was obvious that that needed to take place. But when I tell you I have never in my life smelled some shit that smelled like this kind of shit ever, I don't know if it's because he stressed out in his life I don't know if this is what married men with kids smell like. I don't know if it's the military. I don't know if it's how often he works out, if it's his diet. I don't know if it's all of the deadlifts that he does. The man deadlifts like 3,000 pounds. I don't know why his ass smelled like that. But when I tell y'all I couldn't breathe, I was looking for a fire extinguisher. Most people look for Febreze. I called the fire department. Yo! It seems to be the emergency. Yo, my guy's ass is on the loose, and it's crazy. Bring the ladder, the waterfalls, all that shit. Bring all of it. The truck. Sir, I don't think we can come out for your dude's ass. Well, then send somebody to kill him. Hey, yo. Then my father comes, knocks on the door. All right, not right now. He's like, yo, let me in. We got to go. I said, okay. Walked in with his mouth open. (laughs) Oh, my God, what the fuck is that? His ass. That's what it is. 
He back there laughing. Hell, <laughs> man. If you know your ass smell like that, you don't bring yourself to somebody's resort asking if you could spend a night. You got the kind of ass where you got to get your own room, and you know it. You know that. You don't just wake up one day and go, oh, man, I got one of the worst asses on the planet. You know that. It's information that you've lived with. Same way I should know how long it takes for me to get ready, you should know how long it takes for your ass to clear out a room. He left, the smell didn't. My resort smelled like his ass for the rest of my stay. I went downstairs and asked for a refund for something that wasn't even their fault. It was sick. That's why he gets the sicko award. Who's next? Doc of the week is called Colin in black and white. It's about Colin Kaepernick's upbringing and what led him to becoming the man that he was who did what he did in order to stand up for the rights that he felt like were being violated with black people. Ava DuVernay is a part of this production, and it's incredible. It really is. Whether you're a Colin Kaepernick fan or not, I do believe it is a must-watch. It's actually revolutionary to me. It's a different kind of doc. It's one like I've never seen. The way that they did it, it's incredible. And it's very, very educational. And I've had a couple listeners come into my DMs and want to have a genuine conversation with me about Colin Kaepernick and what he did. And they wanted to talk one-on-one and gain my perspective of why what he did was not disrespectful to the military or anyone, in fact, and why we, most black people, are so on his side. And to be honest with you, I didn't want to do it at first because I felt like I had got on my platforms and I talked about it, and I really don't see how you could be confused by it. But after watching the doc, I think they did a very good job of pointing out a lot of the things that happened between black people and white people, that sometimes white people just don't necessarily understand. They did a great job. And so I'm saying this to say, I think everyone should watch it and take from it what you will. But if you are one of the listeners who wanted to have a conversation with me about Colin Kaepernick or why I felt the way I felt or why I feel the way I feel, if you watch this doc, I will be more than happy to have that conversation with you. Y'all know who y'all are. I assure you, I'm promising you right now, If you watch the doc and you come back and you say, Ma, I watched it, I still don't believe or understand what Colin Kaepernick did, still think it was disrespectful, and I'd like to talk to you about it, I will welcome you to my platform and we will have a one-on-one conversation. A good one. Good, healthy conversation about what you feel and how I feel. But you have to watch this doc first because I believe it will answer a lot of the questions without me even having to tell you. But there are times, and I want my white friends, my white listeners, my white supporters to know this where you may not necessarily mean to be offensive because you simply just don't realize what you're doing or saying. I'll give you a perfect example. Someone sent me an email once. They had asked me for something. They wanted me to kind of pick out certain people whom were my favorites so they can get an opportunity to do something special with myself and other people. I'm trying not to be too specific here. And they said to me, hey, Mo, this person's white. I want you to pick out your favorite listeners or your favorite fans or your favorite people, period. And they said, don't worry about this particular person. I've already got them for you. And that particular person was black. 
And I don't mean that they meant any harm by that. But as a black man, I didn't like it. One, because I didn't like the person that they were referring to at all. And I felt like you only picked this person thinking that I was going to like them simply based off the fact that they're black. Nothing else was there to offer me. Do you think that we just like each other just because we're black? There's no other rhyme or reason? Newsflash. All black people don't like each other. And why would you assume that the choice I would make would be someone that's black? I'm not mad at that because, yes, I do support all things black. But at the same time, what would make you think I didn't have a bond with a white person? You don't think that's possible? If the roles were reversed, I wouldn't have assumed that you had chose somebody based off the fact that they were white. I would have just left the floor open for you to choose whoever you felt the need to choose. But to assume that I'm going to pick somebody just because they're black and to be so confident in that assumption that you told me, hey, don't worry about it, I got it. I don't even like that person. Well, what makes you think I would have chose them? What gave you this grand idea? You just see two black people and figure it'll work. No, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> that doesn't always work that way. And again, I don't think they meant it to be offensive, but it certainly is a learning point because things like this happen all the time. You know how many times I'm in a room with a white person and all I really want is for them to be themselves and let's just talk and figure out where we go from here. But they'll say, hey, guess what I did the other day? What? I listened to Wu-Tang. Hey, man, <laughs> that's great. What do you want me to do with that? I get it. Maybe that's your way of making me feel more comfortable. I don't know. But sometime, you don't have to necessarily do that. You should not assume that my morals are simply based off of a person's skin tone. Because it's so much deeper than that. And every black person is not going to have your back simply because you're black. Because, in fact, the particular person actually supported everybody around me that wasn't black. They didn't support me. Similar to when Walter left the show, because I'm going to just say it, going all the way, I was the only person he blocked. He didn't block anybody else. I was also the only person who went out of my way to give him opportunities and to kick it with him and to go to the gym with him and eat with him and hang with him and all that. But who was he mad at the most when he left? The black guy. Because there's a thing called crabs in a barrel. My people do it to each other all the time. It's super unfortunate, but it's reality. And a lot of times, it's not always the black guy that has your back. Because if it was, I probably would have got a shot on The Breakfast Club many years ago. But I didn't. But yet, when I got to the bird show, you know what black people always say? Hey, man, step up for the black community. The black community didn't step up for me when I needed a job. Fired me. And I'm not saying that to say that I don't step up for the black community because I always will. But to assume that, especially when you're not black, you have to be careful. Because more times than not, you're probably going to be wrong. And I'll say this. There's a piece of the doc when Colin Kaepernick pretty much says that he realized or he found out one day that he wasn't the first choice for his adopted parents. And he said that moment meant something to him because that was when he realized that throughout his entire life, he was never anybody's first choice. That hit me. And then you watch the journey of how difficult it was for him to simply play college football, not even to get into the NFL, but the step before. He had baseball scholarships from everywhere, and everyone was telling him to play baseball. He didn't want to. His heart wasn't in it. He was damn good at it, but it's not what he wanted to do. 
So he waited, he waited, he waited, and finally he got an offer to play college football at Nevada. And then ultimately he finally ended up in the NFL, which is where a lot of people know who he is and his story. Went to the Super Bowl. But when you look at his life and the elements of how he embraced his black side and being black and being raised by two white parents who did everything they could to support him and love him, but there was just certain things that they didn't understand and they couldn't. And it just shows you the journey of that, of how easy it really is for the communication to be lost when you're trying to understand a black person's plight as a white person. And I think in this documentary, they captured that so well that I think any and everyone should at least watch it with an open heart and an open mind. And then form whatever opinion you may, but at least give it a look because it's so much to learn from it. But for me personally, when I watch how difficult it was for Colin to get to the NFL, all of the hurdles, you go through all of that, and then you finally get there. And once you now understand how difficult it was for him to get there and how much it meant for him to be there, and still he was willing to stand on his own too and throw all of that away in order to make a stand for the abuse that he felt black people are facing all over the country. It made it even that much more powerful for me. And the fact that every other black player that was in the NFL at that time did not take a knee with him will always bother me. The fact that he basically had to do it on his own with maybe another two guys, which is why if we're being a hundred more times than not, we can't make the stands that we need to make because we're not willing to be the chain that won't break because we're all locked in together. So to me, once you watch that story, if you can't piece together how that man is a modern-day Muhammad Ali in his own right, I don't know what to tell you. But if you do watch it and you don't come to that conclusion and you want to rap about it, I'm willing. But for that, shout-out to Ava DuVernay. Most importantly, shout-out to Colin Kaepernick. Who's next? Final moments. Hey, it's never over. That's a message I want to deliver to somebody as I'm I talked about my sister and how proud I was because she's going to college now. She's at VWU. Shout out to Sage, my baby sister. Virginia Wesleyan University. She's playing tennis, and she had her first tennis match, and she came back from behind and got a dub. And I'm proud of her. I'm proud of her for stepping up when she had to, going out there, giving it her best, and having to come back from behind because I want my baby sister to always know that the game is never over until it's over. And a lot of time, it's hard as an athlete, to give the same exact effort in whatever sport it is you may participate in when you're down 40 as you would if you were up 10. That's not easy for everybody. It's a mental hurdle that you have to now come over when you're getting your ass kicked and you still want to give the same amount of effort. And that's the same thing in life. It's very easy to have a positive attitude when everything is going your way and you're winning. Super easy to wake up in a good mood then. But do you keep that same energy when things are not going your way? When it just seems like you can't turn the corner? Or you're doing a whole bunch of things for nothing? Spinning the wheels? Do you still have that same positive attitude? That same energy? Do you still wake up in that same good mood? Some of us do. Most of us don't. And if you're in a situation like that, I'm here to tell you, I know how hard that is. To try to maintain that positive mentality through negative times. But you have to. Because the game is not over. It's never over until it is. And the game of life, so long as you're breathing, well, guess what? 
Fat lady hasn't sung yet. I really don't know why that's a term, but here we are. But until it's over, it's not over. We've seen many of miracles, many of comebacks in many of sports. I promise y'all I'm living one right now in life as a lot of us are. So if you're in those spots or you're in that place, you need just a little bit of a push. Well, there it is. Sometime in life you have to wake up and know I'm going to climb out of this shit. Things are going to get better. It's going to start to come my way. You have to know that. You have to believe that. And you have to keep that attitude regardless because it damn sure ain't over if it ain't over, period. Who's next? Quote of the week comes from Derek Carr, quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders, who spoke on Henry Riggs the third young man I talked about earlier. And I know this is a tough situation for him because you got to think about the fact that what Henry is going through is bad and as tragic as it is. No one is going to come out and support him publicly outside of probably his close family and friends because you're going to look crazy doing that. So I'm sure a lot of his teammates are just simply not going to do that. So he has to deal with this on his own. But his quarterback came out and said a whole lot of things. Most of them were geared towards the victim and their families and how awful he felt about the entire situation. And he also said, and I quote, speaking of Henry, he needs to be loved. And if no one else will do it, I'll do it, end quote. And I thought that was a powerful quote because the politically correct answer here is, hey, I only care about the victim and her family. I ain't worried about what that boy was doing because what he did was dumb. And I know a lot of people are going to come out and step on Carr saying this, saying, how could you show this man support with what he did? And I know he knows that because they're not going to see all the other things he said. But that was his teammate. That could have been his friend. I don't know, man. All of us got friends and family members that find themselves in situations where they just did something really stupid. Most of the time, no one's life was lost, and that is a positive. However, even when we make the worst mistakes in life, man, you need someone there to love, man, to support you. As fucked up as what you did might have been. And in this case, it's, this man is not you know, R. Kelly or something. And granted, you can't necessarily justify what he did. I'm pretty damn sure that man is hurting knowing he threw his damn life away and he's probably going to go to prison for a long time and he has nowhere to go. I couldn't imagine what it was like to be him. So to me, for his quarterback to come out and say, hey, as much as I'm hurting for the entire situation and for everybody involved, if that man needs some love and support, I'm going to be there. I feel like that's brave and it's the right thing to do. Derek Carr could have easily have just separated himself from this entire situation, said nothing, and left it at that. No one could blame him, but he didn't. That was once my guy. We were on the field. We shed blood and tears together. I'm going to be there for him. I got you, little bro. Don't worry about it. Shout out to Derek Carr for that. We all need love. We all make mistakes. But we all need support. And I've certainly made my share of mistakes of where I wish at the end someone would be there to support me. So shout out to Derek Carr. And to the real ones out there that are supporting someone you love through something that they may have done, that wasn't the brightest thing to do. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. I thank y'all for joining me for another week. It's always a pleasure to share the moment with y'all. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. As always, if you're a fan of mine, I'm a fan of yours. Until next week, y'all be good. Next week, bitches. I ain't going to lie. When Will Smith came out and was like, yo, man, I was married. But I had this thing for this woman that I just could not get rid of. 
I just felt it, even though I knew I had a wife and I knew it was wrong. I just couldn't wait to see her again. I kept longing for her. I said to myself, yes, Will, finally, get Jada back. It's your time. It's your turn. And I looked up the woman he was talking about so I can be more familiar with the situation. And I learned it was Stocker Channing. The first picture I saw was her sitting next to Dr. J. Julius Irving. And then I also realized that this whole thing happened during his first marriage, not the one with Jada. I said to myself, damn it, Jada don't want again. When will Will get a W? Jada kissed the only Jada I know. Or maybe just my karma for every time that I front it See they were wrapped up in that green, I got them blunted They wanted me to go for it every time that I punt it Shorty, I'm looking for a team But if it ain't special then kicking it is obscene I spent years getting hurt, trials of being a king Building dreams for a woman just imitating a queen Having scenes of all the times you were played Had every reason to leave with grieve and still you stayed Gave diamonds for a heart Trying to get a grade, stop the clubs for your partner, then find it that bitch a spade. Shoulda hacked for a trade. Now you cutting, you wanna fade. Worst part about it is all the baggage you carry. You don't feel it till you spill it on that girl that you would marry. You feeling what you ain't cause? It popped up out of the blue. Shit is jaws. And damn, I got a genuine heart and it could be yours. But you don't have that peace that's saving me from these walls. Mommy. I'm on a different level, everybody got they dirt, but most ain't willing to shovel, nah, I'm honest, you feel attacked, at any other time and place, you'd be a catch, I wrestle with these thoughts of why we can't be a match, is it real if I don't feel if I need you or we attach, they say you should run when you